I'd like to share a sampling of some of the ministry that we've had to our community this week. Several ladies have been involved in making uh, masks, and this is Mimi's Masks uh, to help healthcare workers. You can go to the Facebook page, Mimi's Masks, and see what you can do there and skip back several jobs to do. Over 5,000 have been sewn in 13 days, and we were a small part of that. Uh, we have several nurses in the church, and we are working with them to show love and support to them. One of them actually works at uh, the ER at Einstein, and our Einstein workers there at uh, the ER received a Panera lunch from us and uh, some cookies. And then also one of our ladies is over 90 nurses at uh, Temple Hospital. Uh, she's over the COVID-19 floor. And uh, so we're gonna show you some pictures of them receiving uh, some of the cookies and the baked goods. Uh, Jody uh, put a Bible verse on the cover and uh, just to help to be a blessing to them. In fact, we have a couple of doctors and, and many nurses in the church family. And then we have many in the church that have relatives uh, that are nurses and, and you have asked prayer for them and we do need to be able to pray for them. So that's just some of the touches that we've had to our community this week uh, to help them and bless them. Uh, would you please take out your notes now if you printed them or you want to look at them on a device? My message today is entitled A Cabin Fever, Lessons from Noah. And so there you see the cabins and they're uh, as they should be six feet apart from one another. So I'm reading from Genesis chapter 7 this morning, uh, Genesis chapter 7, and we're going to see a family. They had real cabin fever and we can learn from them so let's look together as i begin reading uh, genesis chapter 7 let me start in verse 1 and the lord said unto noah come thou and all thy house unto the ark for thee have i seen righteous before me in this generation let me pick it up in verse 7 and noah went in and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood, of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days uh, that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth of 40 days and 40 nights. And the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle that after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. Now look, and the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills 
that were under the whole heaven were covered. Uh, this is a historical event, and there are many lessons that we can learn in our day in this moment. Let's pray together. Our Father, we have read what you've written in the Word of God. We find it in our New Testament to remind us that you control the world and you control history and you control the future. So, Father, may this be a time of deep reflection, a time of examination, not just of our lives, but of what you are doing in the world and what part we have in sharing the gospel and shining the glory of God to others. Speak to our hearts today. If there be one that is not sure if heaven is their home, may the Spirit of God touch their heart, convict them of sin, draw them to yourself. May they believe on the Lord Jesus that he died and rose again and bring eternal life to their hearts. Strengthen our faith, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cabin fever. Lessons from Noah. Do you know the world mocks the message of Noah? They call it a myth. They say it is a legend. If they were to admit the truth of this historical event, then uh, they would be consenting to the facts that God not only created the world, but he also rules it. You see, intricate to the story is the fact that, that God judges sin and brings salvation to those who believe. The story is verified uh, twice by the Apostle Peter. It is verified by the writer of Hebrews. Uh, and most importantly, the best authentication we have is from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, and you have the verse in your notes, but as in the days of Noah... As in the days of Noah were, so shall also be in the coming of the Son of Man may be. Matthew 24, 37. Now, this sermon is, in Matthew 24, it is called the Olivet Discourse. Because he, he taught it while he sat on the Mount of Olives overlooking the temple that he just said will be destroyed. And so the disciples, they ask him two questions. What shall be what shall these things be that is this destruction of the temple? And secondly, what shall be the sign of thy coming? When is the end of the world, the end of the age? And so Jesus then gave a list of events or signs to describe a future period that the Bible calls the tribulation. And that's recorded in Revelation chapter 6 to 19. But look what he said in Matthew 24, verses 6 and 7. These are the signs in the tribulation. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, here it is, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse or various places. Now prophecy expert, Pastor David Jeremiah writes, is this a sign, this pandemic, is this a sign of the second coming of Christ? And then he says, I cannot say with any certainty that it is. But neither can I say with any certainty that it is not. It could be the early evidence of number three on Jesus' sign list, the coming pestilence. A pestilence is, quote, a contagion or infectious epidemic that is virulent and devastating. And then he says that is a pretty good description of what is going on right now. COVID-19 is 
not the biblical sign of Matthew 24, 7. Now, Jesus said that these signs would begin to appear like birth pains and that they will increase in frequency and in intensity uh, leading up to his return. And so the judgment of the past, the judgments of the future, uh, they're not going to be a surprise for those who read their Bibles. And so look with me now at uh, chapter 6 in verses 13 and 14. And God, he said to Noah, I want you to build an ark and I want you to preach salvation. Uh, chapter 6, verse 13. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without. God said, build the ark, preach salvation. And so here uh, you see a picture of a life-size representation, replica of the ark. Uh, this was created by Answers in Genesis down in Kentucky. Many of you have been there to see it. You've taken pictures. If you can look closely, you can see just how small the people are in comparison. It's, it's like one of the large uh, barges that we see in the ocean today. It's big. It's really big. But how did all those animals fit inside the ark? Aren't there millions of species? Well, no, but there are about a million, and most live in the water or are insects. Of all the species, over 85% are in the category of arthropods, which includes over 700,000 species of insects. By the way, they were not required passengers on the ark. And so what God said is God said that a, a single common pair uh, would uh, be aboard the ark after their kind, after its kind, uh, Genesis 6, 620. And so, for instance, there would be one pair of dogs or one pair of cats, and that would give us all the different variations of cats and dogs we have uh, today. So the Bible is very specific to say that the animals aboard the ark are after their kind, rather than species that refers to uh, a higher level like uh, genus or family. And so what does that include? Well, I think we have some pretty good understanding from the scriptures, the, the phalem category. What you got is, is you have your reptiles, your amphibians, your birds, and your mammals. What kind? Air-breathing, land-dependent animals are what are going to be taking, taken aboard the ark. Well, about how many? Well, about... About 65,000 animals. You say, well, how did they fit? That's such a, an astronomical number. Well, the average size was probably uh, the size of a sheep. Uh, they wouldn't take uh, the full-grown larger animals. I, I'm sure they would have taken the younger and the smaller. Now, the cargo space of the ark is equal to about 525 railroad boxcars. I mean, the ark was massive. 450 to 500 feet long, uh, 45 to 50 feet high, 75 to 80 feet wide, and using the modern shipping space for animals. Here you can see that that all about 12,000 mammals, they could fit in 50 boxcars. And then the birds, reptiles, and amphibians, they could fit in about 18 boxcars. And so there you have a total of about 68 of the modern railroad boxcars to, uh, to be able to uh, have and ship uh, these animals. But what if we miscalculated? Well, let's take that space and let's multiply it by, say, five. 
What if we had 80% of that space for animals? Well, that would leave still about 20% for food, storage, and living space. Oh, oh, to be inside the ark with the animals. Uh, truly a floating zoo. Let me show you what that would look like here again by answers in Genesis. Uh, some needed to be fed and some would be in hibernation. And you are going to be in there for how long? Well, about a year, just over a year. And yes, you're going to get cabin fever. Uh, well, where did they live? Well, here is a replica of Shem's little apartment with Mrs. Shem. Um, uh, they could have gone a little stir crazy. What a scene. What a scene to see uh, the animals coming and and Hollywood continues to make movies about Noah. And here is, a, here is one that shows the animals coming to the ark. Would you watch with me? What a moment it was uh, when all of the animals uh, were brought to the ark. And I believe that was not Noah rounding them up with his sons, but, but God sovereignly moving upon them, bringing them to the ark. Okay, time for some lessons. Cabin fever lessons. Here's one. Cabin fever, uh, fever lesson number one. Obedience of work from home order was Voluntary. It was voluntary. God did not make Noah obey. Noah and his family, like you and I, we have a free will. And God told Noah, build an ark, and I want you to get in it. Uh, he, could have, uh, he could have disobeyed. He could have said no to God. Uh, God spoke to him and told him what to do and why to do it, and he did it. Uh, God appointed Noah as the leader of his home and also the spiritual priest. And so his wife and his sons and his daughters-in-law, uh, they followed that leadership, even if they didn't understand, even if they had questions. And I'm sure they had many unanswered questions, but they obeyed the family authority. They obeyed their spiritual authority that God had set up in their lives. And we need to do the same. Uh, you and I have been told what to do, and why by our government authorities. Essential businesses can stay open with social distancing and non-essential businesses who are able can, uh, they can work from home. And by the way, around the country and, and including in Pennsylvania, churches are considered essential businesses. And that's why we are, uh, we are allowed to stream from our services from the church building. We're not required to stay home. Uh, we are abiding by the government regulations. Spiritual ministry, spiritual influence, it is essential for society to function in a civil way. Cabin fever lesson number two. Obedience of work from home brought blessing. It brought blessing. Noah's obedience brought a blessing to his family. Uh, they didn't die in the flood. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. Noah, he prepared an ark 
uh, to the saving of his house. That is his household. That is his family. His obedience to God's command, which was a uh, uh, work from home order, uh, his obedience uh, saved their lives pure and simple. And our obedience to God's command uh, uh, to follow the, the government authorities, our obedience to the work from home order, it is bringing a blessing not just to us, but it's bringing a blessing to our neighbors, to our community, to our state, and to our country. Uh, Forbes magazine uh, recently reported two studies. One showed that 20%, another showed that 30% of those with the virus had no symptoms. Other studies, including one from Iceland, show that 50% of people that have COVID-19 have no symptoms of all. And what that means is twice as many people may have the virus and they do not know it. And if they shelter in place, if they stay at home, if they keep their social distancing, then they can limit transmitting this invisible virus to others who are at high risk. You know, isn't that what the second commandment is? The number one commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the number two is to love others. And so this obedience uh, of the work from home it's bringing a blessing to others, and that's why we seek to follow it. Cabin fever, lesson number three. Faith in God brought spiritual salvation. Faith in God brought spiritual salvation. Second Peter 2, 5 says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He preached the truth. He preached salvation. First Peter 3, 20 uh, says that eight souls were saved. And so their faith in God brought salvation to their heart. Their faith brought them into a right relationship with God. And because of that, uh, they were obedient to God's command. And that brought not just the spiritual salvation, but it brought their physical salvation. Here's the whole verse, Hebrews eleven seven, in the faith chapter. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness of which is by faith. Let's turn back to Genesis chapter 6. In contrast to a world that turned its back on God and filled their lives with sin, I want you to see what God says about Noah, chapter 6. And he here is a role model for us, chapter 6, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. This is the story about Noah. Noah was a just man, and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. You know the stories of faith have been passed down from generation to generation for over 1600 years until finally it came to Noah. Enoch, the man that walked with God, is, is, is in his family lineage. Noah believed in God, uh, but not just a general assent to the fact that there is a God. No, no. Noah, he trusted in God, and, and like Adam, and like Abel, and like e Enoch, Noah worshiped God, he served God, he would have sacrificed animals in faith as a picture of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who would one day come and be the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And so Noah's faith brought him spiritual salvation, and God came and he talked to Noah there in chapter 6. 
Uh, now here's what I find interesting. Uh, God gives this instruction in verses 14 to 16 to Noah. And he says, I want you to build this massive boat. I want you to build it on dry land. I want you to build it. I want you to build it in a time that there has never been rain ever. Uh, we know that because Genesis 2, 6 says there went up a mist from the earth and it watered the whole face of the ground. In Genesis 6, 3, God makes a declaration that a worldwide judgment will come and he gives the date of 120 years. Now, down in verses 13 and 14 of chapter 6, God speaks to Noah. He says, he says, build the ark. And then in verse 18, he says, you're going to take your sons and their wives into the ark with you. Now, Noah had his first son when he was 500 years old. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis 5:32, And when he was 600, he went into the ark, Genesis chapter 7, verse 6. And so if you allow uh, for about 30 years for the sons to grow up and marry, what that means is God may have spoke to Noah when he was about 530 years old. And so that leaves about 70 years to build the ark. Uh, Noah could have built the ark himself with his sons, or possibly he could have hired some carpenters uh, to help with some portions or, or purchased uh, uh, cut timbers from other people. You can go to arkencounter.com and look on how long it took him to finish the boat. Now, here's a, here's a, a little replica of the ark, and I want you to know that I built this. I followed the instructions. Didn't take me 70 years. It probably took me about seven to 10 minutes, uh, but it has been, uh, uh, it has, it, it is, it is more lifelike than what you may have seen in children's books over the years. Now, here's what I want you to, what I want you to think about. God did not talk to Mrs. Noah. God did not talk to Shem, Ham, or Japheth, uh, or the daughter-in-laws. God spoke to him, and then he relays the message to them. Do you know it took a greater faith for Mrs. Noah, and Shem, and Ham, and Japheth, and those daughter-in-laws than it did for Noah? Because Noah's faith was verified when God spoke to him. And they didn't have that voice. And what does that remind me of? Well, we're going to have Easter in one week. And it reminds me of someone who skipped the first Easter Sunday, and that was Thomas. Jesus appeared to the disciples, and, and that uh, was such a great, wonderful day of celebration. And by the way, every Sunday is an Easter Sunday. Every Sunday we celebrate that Jesus Christ is alive. But when Thomas showed up, he said, well, I'm not going to believe unless I see. Unless I see uh, the prince uh, in his, the nail prints in his hands, unless I thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. But you know, on the next Sunday, the Sunday after the first Easter, Thomas was there and Jesus came right to Thomas. And he said, Thomas, behold, see and believe and you know what Thomas did he bowed on his knees and he cried my Lord and my God and this is what Jesus said he said Thomas because thou hast seen me thou hast believed but then listen to what Jesus said blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed and you know that's you and I that was that was Mrs. Noah Shem Ham Japheth and those daughter-in-laws they were believing. They were trusting. Faith in God brought spiritual salvation. May I just say to you today, if, if you're not saved, you have time to read the Bible. You have time to read the stories of skeptics and 
atheists who came to Christ like a Josh McDowell, like a Lee Strobel. Or you can, you can take this time and you can read uh, the atheists and the agnostics and the cynics, but that won't bring God's peace to your soul. If you want to do something good uh, to come out of your time at home, if you want something good to come, read about Sir William Mitchell Ramsey. You know, by his death in 1939, he had become uh, the most foremost authority of his day on the history of Asia Minor. In his quest to refute the Bible, he tried to disprove the scriptures. He discovered for himself so many of the facts confirmed the accuracy to the smallest detail. And so what was the result? The result was he became a Christian. The result was he became a defender of the faith. And he wrote a book called St. Paul the Traveler and the Roman Citizen. He became a defender of our faith. And you can take time and you can grow in your faith. Uh, Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry, C-A-R-M.org, Josh.org. That's Josh McDowell's site. Uh, apologist Ravi Zacharias, R-Z-I-M.org. And you can grow in your faith during this time. During this stay-at-home order, some people are turning the wrong way. They're turning to alcohol. They're turning to drugs. They're turning to pornography. They're turning to domestic violence. And it's climbing, we hear in the news. But others are turning to Jesus Christ. Others are coming to salvation. What about you? Uh, what will you do? Uh, cabin fever lesson number three. Faith in God brought spiritual salvation. Here's number four. Cabin fever lesson number four. Faith brought strength to endure. Faith brought strength to endure. Most scholars agree that Noah and his family, they were in, in the ark for about 370 days, just over a year. Again, many of those animals may have gone into a state similar to hibernation. And yet many needed to be fed and to be cared for. I'm sure the chickens, I'm, the chickens were laying eggs and providing breakfast for them. But like us, I believe they had a lot of time to be able to reflect on what was happening. And let me, let me share three truths that brought strength to endure. Here's the first one. Uh, God was both creator and savior. Clearly, God is in charge of his creation. Some things happen as a part of his divine intervention, and some things happen as a part of his permissive will. The worldwide flood was his divine intervention, the fountains of the deep broke up 40 days of rain uh, natural disasters and worldwide pandemics like COVID-19 they're part of his permissive will uh, rather than a divine intervention in a miraculous way but they had time to think about that God was creator and savior secondly sin has consequences this is the truth to consider Genesis chapter 6 God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth that every imagination of his thoughts, of his heart, was only evil continually. And it grieved him, the Bible says, in his heart. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. You know, we keep saying, we live in a broken world. Bad things happen in our world. And we need to teach our children. We need to tell others that bad things happen not because God is not good, but because man, mankind, chose to do evil. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, they introduced sin into the world. And that is the ultimate reason 
That's the ultimate reason we have COVID-19. It's not because of the wet market. It's not because of eating a bat. It's not because of the Chinese. Uh, It's because there is sin in the world. The world, the genetic code is broken. And for that matter, any sickness, any disease, death, it all comes back to that. Sin is the ultimate cause of pain and suffering and death. But Jesus came to conquer death. Jesus is the ultimate cure for both physical and spiritual death. And so he said in John 10, 10, he said, I'm come. I'm come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Satan is the one who comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. One more truth. And that would be uh, a truth that they could clearly meditate and ponder and think upon, uh, upon that is judgment has come. Judgment had come, and we could add to that, judgment is coming. You know, one of, uh, one of the most dramatic scenes in all of the epic biblical stories produced by sight and sound, it's in the scene Noah. And many of you have, have been to Lancaster, and you've been a part of that, that uh, dramatization of that musical. And what happens is about halfway through that, that drama, uh, the family goes, goes into the ark. The animals are there. The Lord closes the door and then the rain begins and the locals come and the scene is from inside the ark, but it's at the door and the locals are come and they begin to yell. They begin to pound on the door and they're yelling, open the door, open the door, let us in, let us in. And there's one couple that we know of from the play. Do you remember? It's the parents of one of Noah's daughter-in-laws. Her parents are just a few feet away outside the ark. You see, for those decades of preaching salvation, they rejected Noah's message. They rejected the word of God, and now it was too late. You know, though, COVID-19 may not be a direct divine judgment on the scale of the worldwide flood of Noah's day or in the scale of the fire that fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. It certainly is a reminder of the pestilences that will come in the tribulation period. And may I say, may I say to every Christian, if there's ever, if you're ever going to talk to someone about their soul, Is not this the right time? Would you pray for God's spirit to open the hearts of of friends and family and co-workers and, and yes, even strangers? You can take the new online track from the church's Facebook, from the church website, uh, from my blog, scottwendell.com. COVID-19, what in the world is happening? And you can send it to someone with a little note. Uh, Hi, I was thinking about uh, all that we're going through. My pastor wrote an article to help explain how we can have faith in God at a time like this. Would you please read it and let me know what you think. You can come up with something on your own. You might want to say something like, did you know that the the Bible is the only religious book that talks about uh, pandemics? Would you like to know what it has to say? You pray, you think of something, but now is the time. 
Now's the time to be able to take and seize the moment to share the gospel with others. Okay, one more. Cabin fever lesson number five. Uh, faith conquered fear to leave home and return to public life. Faith conquered fear to return to public life. Chapter eight, look with me in verse one. God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. Verse four, and the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. Look how specific this is. Verse 14, and in the second month on the seventh and 20th day of the month was the earth dried. You remember how the dove went out? The dove came back with the olive branch. And God spake to Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all the flesh, both of the fowl, the cattle, of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his son's wives with him. And that's why you and I are here today. Thank God that God uh, protected and preserved life. God saved Noah. God saved the family. God saved us. And, and they repopulated the earth. Now you talk about all the different races. There really is only one race. And that is the human race. And God used the three sons of Noah to repopulate the world. Uh, Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. But what if they disobeyed? What if they were fearful? What if they said, no, no, we've been here a year. This is home. We like this ark. We're just going to stay right here because you never know if there's going to be another flood and we got to stay close. Uh, we, and, and they let fear get the best of them. Cabin fever lesson number five is yet to come. But you need to think now how you're going to handle your future. Faith conquered fear to return to public life there's going to come a day when we get the all clear signal to return to public life I'm talking about work I'm talking about play I'm talking about church now I'm sure there's going to be precautions in place that may not have been there before but I don't see I don't see the world permanently giving up those close contact sports like basketball and soccer and football do you i don't see the world giving up their plays and their movies and their concerts and their banquets do you i don't see hollywood giving up their award ceremonies where they're constantly patting one another on the back do you uh, I don't see churches giving up their gathering together to sing praises to God, to hear the word of God, to be able to worship together. Faith will conquer the fear and the temptation to become a hermit, to become a recluse. And so though we should make the most of these weeks together at home, let's not get too used to it let's not let it become our future yes we'll be cautious yes we'll be wise but there's going to come a time to leave home and return to public life now is the time now is the time to 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 grow your faith and not your fear fear uh, yes there's going to be a lot of bad news in the next couple of weeks and maybe longer but this too shall pass this too uh, shall pass 
five cabin fever lessons from Noah. You know, this would be a good week for you to take a few moments and read Genesis chapter six, seven and eight. It'd be a good week to remember why God established a rainbow because God wanted to take the fear away from their hearts. And that rainbow has nothing to do with a homosexual or transgender agenda. That rainbow has something to say about God's love and grace and promise of future protection. You can read about it, Genesis chapter 9, verses 13 to 16. And so today, today is the day to turn to Christ. Today is the day to build your faith. Uh, Today is the day to, to grow your faith and not your fear. Yes, you might have some cabin fever. And yes, you might be getting a little irritated with being at home or that family member. But let your faith grow. Let your love abound. May it be a time that that God uses you to impact others for Jesus Christ. May we pray together. Our Father, we come to you today. And we thank you for this family, this family that showed faith. They showed obedience. Uh, they believed your truth. They followed your ways. And you used them to preserve life, not just human life, but animal life on this earth, all the way down to us. But now it's our turn to be faithful. Now, Lord, I do pray that if anybody is listening to your word today, and they're convicted of their sin, and they're not sure that heaven's their home, maybe they're feel fearful. Help them to know that this is your Holy Spirit, your word drawing them to yourself for salvation. And I pray that they would believe the Bible. I pray that they would believe Jesus is the Son of God and be saved today. Now, if you're not sure that heaven's your home, would you, right where you're seated, right where you're listening, would you, would you pray from your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you pray with me right now? Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. Please come into my heart and my life and become my Lord and Savior. Now, Father, I want to say, I want to say thank you for all that you do for us. Help us to count our blessings. Help us not to be selfish through this time, but to be giving, uh, to reach out and to support those who are serving on the front lines of the medical field. God, bless them with protection and care and strength. Bless our church family to be strong and to be a light for Jesus through this time. I pray in Jesus' name. A different time. It is a different time. Something that has happened that is kind of unexplainable is, is one of the most unexpected things over the last three weeks to occur is as the, as the death toll goes up, the crime rates are going down. And so here is uh, one of the articles that I saw. uh, Crime rates plummet amid the coronavirus pandemic, but not everyone is safer in their home. Uh, Police logged dramatically fewer calls for crime and arrests in the last two weeks of March than each of the previous six weeks. 
burglars are having a tough time finding an empty house. And so uh, uh, burglaries are going down, uh, but domestic violence is on the rise. Another proof that people need the Lord. Uh, they need to learn how to be saved and grow spiritually. They need to learn how to control their tongues and how to control their tempers. They need to be connected to God and connected to his word and to his people. Now, the Bible says that we are salt and light, and light is a symbol of truth. Salt is a, uh, it's symbolic for flavor and also for uh, a preservative. And Christian influence is the preservative in society. And as I think about it, we are the key to our nation. It is God's people, God working through his people. You recall when three angels came to Abraham and uh, they shared the news that the destruction was going to come uh, to the city-states of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Abraham prayed. He prayed for these people. And the prayer was, if there were 50 righteous, God, would you spare the city? And God said, yes. And then he thought, and he interceded in 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. And he said, God, if there are 10 righteous, would you spare the city? And God said, yes. But there were not 10 righteous. Sadly, Lot had vexed his righteous soul day in, day out by seeing and hearing their unlawful deeds. He hadn't won anybody to the Lord. And so, uh, being the only believer, God pulled him out and brought destruction. And so that, that brings us to this, this question for tonight as we begin the Q&A. How, how can unbelievers be drawn to the Lord during this crisis? Well, I just shared with you a few moments ago how someone in our church took the initiative and they sent links out to family members, uh, which resulted in them watching our services, hearing the word of God, and after a couple of weeks, receiving Christ as their uh, savior. So first of all, uh, we need to be the ones to respond. But are, are, are unbelievers really looking to God at this point? And as I think about that, uh, is that the first place that unbelievers turn to in time of crisis? Pastor Joyner, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think so. Normally, it's not the first thing they turn to. They look for what they've been accustomed to. They look to what the world offers, and many look for what the government offers. They look for something else mm -hmm. rather than to God first. But I will say this. This is a time for Christians, as you just said, to be that salt and be that light in a time that God's trusted with us. I mean, this is a time like none other. Mm -hmm. And he's allowed us to live during this time. So apparently he's trusting us mm -hmm. with something very, very important. And that's to get the gospel out to those that many cases are not seeking. But he's given us a way to go out and be that light in a community, to be that light online, to be that light, to share the glorious gospel that they can be connected mm -hmm. and give reasons that they want to know the hope that lies within us. You know, when we, we talk about our, our soul winning classes, we talk about how you can uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm -hmm. But you can put salt in his oats and make him thirsty. And so I think that's what's happening. God has done that in society. And so the unbelievers, they soon discover that the, the places that they go to are not bringing satisfaction, not bringing contentment, that uh, a science and money is not solving this problem. And so that as they come to the end of their rope, they will turn to the Lord and we're the ones that have the answer uh, for them. And so even though most unsaved people don't think about God, uh, when they have plenty of everything that they want, they do what they want, they go where they wanna go, they buy what they wanna buy, they send as much as they want without 
seemingly any consequences, but now enter a new year, mm -hmm. a new decade, a new crisis. And all of a sudden, they're being told, stay home, stay home. You don't get to do what you want to do. And so, so now work is canceled and school is canceled and graduations and trips and weddings and funerals are limited. It's an unbelievable time. And to the many sick and dying, add to that. And so unbelievers begin to wonder, maybe it is time. Uh, maybe it's time to think about God. Mm -hmm. And to, to show you that that is, is happening, the, the proof of that, well, when an anchor on MSNBC <laughs> of all places, ask a pastor, Pastor T.D. Jakes. Uh, he said, he said, I've never done anything like this on air before. Mm. But he said, Pastor, would you, would you pray for us? And he wow. did. That's amazing. MSNBC. <laughs> That's amazing. When, when was the last time an anchor on any of the shows any said, hey, would you stop and would you pray for us? And I believe we're going to see more of this. Yeah. I believe we're going to see more anchors and more politicians and more business leaders. And they're going to say, hey, we need to pray. We need to call out to God because they're not able to solve it again with science, with money, uh, with government programs. So so what can we do as, as Christians? Uh, how are we to respond? What is our first response? What are some things that come into your mind that, hey, the, the, okay, God put salt in their oats. He's making them thirsty. They've tried these other places. It's not working. I'm going to look to God. So enter the Christian. What can we do? Yeah, I think the first thing that should come to our mind is to be ready always to give a reason for the hope that lieth within you. And so when these times of confusion, these times of chaos, these times of fear and panic come into our families and friends and neighbors and coworkers and any conversation that comes about, that's God telling us, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to testify of what is the faith that lies within you. So I'd say the first thing, Pastor Wendell, that we should probably should be doing with this time that we have, if we haven't done it already, mm -hmm. is to put down our testimony. Amen. Put down our personal testimony. We got time to practice it. Mm -hmm. We got video we can practice. We got audio we can practice. We got family that's around us we can practice. And we can share our testimony with one another. It'd be a good iron sharpening iron moment in the household is everyone share their testimony with one another and then practice ways that they can share that with someone else. Even practice springboards of conversations that would take you in to a conversation to share your own personal testimony. I think that's probably going to be the most powerful thing that you can share with others as they're out searching and hoping and confused right now as a personal testimony. That's, that's great, and, and we've had some, uh, some teaching on that about the short yeah. testimony, the three-minute testimony, the seven- to ten-minute testimony, and uh, how I was before I became a Christian, how I became the Christian, and what has happened after I became a Christian. And so for, for us to do that, we need to be prepared and, and pray, pray for ourselves to be prepared. Um, we are to pray that we would be spiritually strong. I mean, if someone is, is drowning in a river, you don't jump in if you don't know how to swim. And so, so learning how to share our testimony mm -hmm. so we can be ready and prepared to be able to help them. The Apostle Paul, he, he asked... So if I could interject sure. this, we, we probably could go back in our archives 
we could pull the uh, the message you did. We could pull the material that you had on here. And th I think we already mm -hmm. have that on the online articles, actually, on how to share your personal testimony. And we can get that out so others can look at it. They can talk through it. And they can have a good guide in writing their testimony. Uh, these opportunities are happening. Yes. Uh, Jody just uh, was uh, walking the dog this afternoon. And, and when she came back and she said, I, I talked to two of her neighbors. <laughs> now, she kept her distance from them, but uh, you know, people, they're, they're all bound at home, mm -hmm. and so they're anxious, the weather changes, they want to get out and, and see a neighbor, yep. and uh, it just opens up the opportunity to be able to talk. Yeah, I, I think a great way with that, now that you mentioned it about the neighbors, is, uh, you know, take a few minutes and write a letter to your neighbors, if it's a card, a thank you for being a good neighbor, or thank them for something you may think of, but with that, include your personal testimony just fold that up put it in there or include a, a track from the church or one other one you may have and then mention something about easter services they're looking they're searching mm -hmm. and when we make it easy for them to find it then god can do his work in a much more powerful way than he's using us mm -hmm. amen that's good the apostle paul he asked people to pray for him to have an open door to share the gospel and so we need to pray that way that God would give open doors. We got an email this afternoon. Uh, one of our, our moms, she heard the message this morning and she said, God, I, I, want, I want to be able to, to, uh, to touch someone, uh, to share the gospel with someone. And uh, wouldn't you know it that as she was out, that uh, a lady had a um, flat tire in front of her house. And so she went out to be able to help, and her husband, Matt, came out and, and got her into the church parking lot here and, and tried to fix the car up there, the, the flat tire, and, and had opportunity to be able to uh, talk to her about the Lord, talk to her about the services, and give an invitation. And so that, a direct answer to prayer, I mean, <laughs> to have what you pray for, right? <laughs> right there, right in front of her house. Uh, so that, I think, is uh, an answer to Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, where Paul said, you pray for me, that I'll have an open door, I can speak with love and, and boldness uh, to pray for others. I, I think in Romans 10:1, Paul said, Brethren, my heart's desire, desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Should we pray for people to be saved? Absolutely. 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 And this is what the Apostle Paul did. Uh, he prayed there uh, by the river at Philippi with the ladies. And as they prayed, uh, the Bible says that the Lord heard their prayer and opened the heart of Lydia. And she, she got saved, and then she opened her house, and the baby church began meeting in her house. And so we pray that we can be prepared. We pray for others. We reach out and speak out to others. Uh, what about, uh, you mentioned about Easter. What are, some, what are some ways that we can give those invitations to have people tune in, not just in our area, mm -hmm. but maybe family or friends that are out of the area as well? Well, the easiest ways for us is to go online and share the links to uh, take the information, and you can publish it on your social media sites. You can share it with your friends that wherever they are around the world. And we know many do tune in from around the world. We see the results as they check it out on Facebook or they check it out on YouTube. That's the easiest way. Take a link and share it on your social media or connected into an email with a link that they can connect into it. Mm -hmm. Th those are the easy ways to spread it around the world. God's doing something powerful here. 
I know this is a chaotic time. I know it's a time that's created fear and concern, of course, and it's also brought some health challenges. But God has given us a time like this in the week of Easter, no less, Yes. that we could share the gospel around the world and in our own local community. So many of us have uh, ways to connect in social media, but we also can make some phone calls. How about making a phone call to someone and say, hey, you know what, I'm just checking in on you. You're on my mind. I've been praying for you. And uh, you know what? Can I give you something that would encourage you this week? And give them the online services of the last three that we've had, of what's coming up for Good Friday, uh, what's coming up for Easter. Many churches are not going to have services of any kind, not online or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So this is a week to share that. Make a phone call. Share it on social media. Uh, drop a note of encouragement to someone. You see them out and about then you can tell them about, hey, you know what? You don't have a church home. You ought to check out Valley Forge mm -hmm. Baptist. Good Friday service, Easter Sunday services. This will be a great week for you to have a time to be encouraged, to be strengthened, and for many to come to know Christ. And you know, of all the weeks since the pandemic has started, this may be the week yep. that is, is most uh, critical and urgent for people to be looking for help mm -hmm. and hope and so we pray with the Apostle Paul, he said, to, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan and to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. And that's what they need most of all. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I look at this, and you talk about a, a great equalizer. From the Hollywood elite until the, 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 the Bush people that we met up in the hills of Vanuatu, mm -hmm. coronavirus is no respecter of persons. And neither is God. When it comes to sin, it's level ground at the foot of the cross. And what a week to promote that and yes. to share that and to give that news to other people. Hollywood can't buy the way out of this one. And they're not going to be able to buy their way out of hell. Only by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when they come to that, this is level ground here. Mm -hmm. This this is a, just an extraordinary time God's entrusted to us. And what a week, as you just pointed out, that we got Easter week. And in many, in many areas, uh, New York... Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and many other areas. This is going to be one of the peak weeks, for what I'm understanding about this bell, mm -hmm. for coronavirus. Many are going to be hurting and searching mm -hmm. and confused, and they need hope. They need hope, and God's entrusted that to us, and what a week we can share that. Mm -hmm. And for those who do go through that valley, the shadow of death, we can share with them Psalm 91, John 14, 1 to 6, uh, Revelation 21, uh, the opening verses there. Uh, we have the answer that they need. God is the God of all comfort, and so they need to turn to him. I received a police chaplain call a week and a half ago and um, shared some things, and the person is out of state. They want to they wanna move here, and she said, I want to join the church, and she responded, Pastor, can you please send me some more verses? And so I have an address to send some Christian literature as well. So God is, God is using these moments, even hard moments, for us to be able to help others. Well, let me go on to another question uh, here. Can I mention one sure. more? Uh, you know, uh, we, can, we can do the social media with the video and the live uh, feeds from mm -hmm. Facebook Live, those kind of things, and also make phone calls. Can I say I can encourage some to call a friend and say, you know what? Can I just pray with you over the phone? And can I read some scripture and some of the verses that you just gave? And read those. The, the word of God is powerful. And you've seen it. I've seen it. When you read the word of God to someone, there's a calmness that comes. And if we can take that opportunity to say, you know what? I've been praying for you. Just want to give you a word of encouragement today. 
and pray for them and read scripture to them. And that's just the way we can do it. God's given us the opportunity now with uh, cell phones and with social media and those kind of things. We can take advantage of that too. And you know that comfort may be the thing that will open the door yes. to get the gospel to them. Yep. Now we hear a lot of the news uh, about different churches or pastors or evangelists that do not give a good representation of Christ and have said and done some things that dishonor the Lord and that makes the news. And so the next question uh, ties into that because some, some false things are being said. Will God protect Christians from the virus? Will, will Christians get this and possibly, you know, get it in a critical case? And so what, what, uh, what does the Word of God say about those who walk with God, they live by faith, could they get sick? Uh, the answer is yes, they can get sick. Mm. God brings rain on the just and the unjust. And so God is, uh, allows something like this to hit a believer? Of course he can. Hey, we're in a sin-decaying world, mm -hmm. and the benefit for a believer if they come with, with the coronavirus and it takes them, they're in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. The detriment to an unbeliever, if they come with the coronavirus, they're in the gates of hell and they're cast out forever. So yes, they can come down with the virus. Yes, believers can pass with the virus, but this is the time. This is the season that God's entrusted to us and he says that we would do that. Mm -hmm. He's not gonna protect us from it, from a pastor or a church that's given a poor testimony of faith healing and those kind of things, then you know what? Take your duties and go out and heal the world of coronavirus. That's right. That's right. If that's what you're believing in. And uh, what we, what's happening is, your pastor, and I know you're seeing this, is true believers are going to have opportunity to be exposed mm -hmm. in a much greater light in a much brighter way. And we're going to find the ones that are not true believers. They're not going to be there. This is going to change a lot of things, and it's going to change some things for the better. Yes, truth and time come together. Amen. And so this, this shows where our theology, our understanding of God and his word, it's true. And so I think of Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God. Mm -hmm. And if it is God's plan to allow one of us, one of our family members, to be able to get sick, not just with a coronavirus, but with anything, anything. that God can show his glory even in a greater way, if he allows that trial to come to us, uh, that we might shine through even the broken physical health situation, he can still be glorified. Meaning, the virus cannot shake our faith. Amen. The virus cannot and, shake and our faith. And we have heard testimonies of that, uh, not particularly necessarily this time about coronavirus, but with many other illnesses that with cancer or whatever it might be with some of the ones that are, are believers and the testimony that they are through that time of trial and uh, and I could say I could even flash back even a time of trial for the Varners and the testimony that I'm, mm -hmm. I know they are on social media but also with the nurses and the doctors and the mm -hmm. staff that's attending to them the testimony that they're going through and they're reflecting through a deep trial in their lives and they're showing the peace that passes understanding. They're showing the faith and trust they have in the rock of Jesus Christ. They're showing what they believe in and what they hold on to, and it's not something that the world can offer. Along with that, you may not be aware of this, but one of our deacons has a sister or sibling that is at the hospital where Jake is, and so he put it together and, and asked if she would stop by, and she did. And okay. what a testimony okay. that uh, Christine has been. Mm -hmm. And so now we're taking that and we have an encouragement letter challenge 
to <laughs> our high school kids to write letters to thank mm -hmm. uh, the nursing staff uh, there at, at the hospital. And so God is, God is doing things and it's opening up doors mm -hmm. and we just rejoice. One of our uh, ladies in the medical field, she's a receptionist, she wrote and said that a Jewish doctor was watching a service this morning and is heading up to, to mm -hmm. New York to help. But again, people watching our services that I've never watched before is uh, pretty special to see Amen. God's power going out. Amen. As we think about helping people, here's a question uh, regarding those that may be lonely or alone. How, how can we help people who are lonely? I mean, words like, mm. like social distancing, never heard of that <laughs> uh, until a few weeks ago, isolation, quarantine, uh, stay at home, and they can be a trigger for many people to feel loneliness and anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, many are at home with their family. Um, but many are alone and maybe it's not safe to be with family because they might be exposing a family member to uh, to to uh, someone who or a friend that would be in a high-risk category mm -hmm. and already in our own church I know there's discussion does grandma and grandpa or aunt and uncle come uh, for Easter dinner we always do that we yeah. go to Jersey they come here and so so there might be family, but they might be separated because we're taking a step back of caution. Mm -hmm. God created us to be social, a part of a community, a community of faith. But many people, they're home alone. And it could be because uh, they're young single. It could be divorced or elderly or widowed. Mm -hmm. uh, they can ex experience a loneliness that is so deep mm -hmm. that you can feel it. Yeah. And so as Christians, mm -hmm. As, um, as a church family, uh, what, uh, what do we tell them? What do we yeah. do to help people who are lonely? And let me just say the first thing that is so important is that to get into the Word of God and hear from the Lord yourself, because if you're saved, you can never be alone. Right. He will never leave us. Right. Uh, but beyond the Lord's invisible presence, <laughs> right. which can be felt, sure. but beyond that, what can we do to help people that are lonely? Well, I think we can agree that God's made us social people. And uh, if I could, uh, and I'm not trying to redefine what you know, the world's saying we should be doing, but if I could get it to look at it a little differently, we're called a social distance. But I, if I could say, let's look at it as being physically distant, mm -hmm. but not socially distant, because we can socially connect. It's good. And so I would say that, uh, you know, I just got a text from a, a senior saint this week, and uh, someone pretty pretty up in age a bit and uh just check to check in on me <laughs> so you know how sweet is that and so i text back i was very grateful for it and and here was the end of the comment anything we can do for you and that was my question back to them and the comment back was no i'm doing great I just, i'm just bored so here, here's what i'd recommend for anyone any of us to do this if you know someone that's uh, a single they're alone especially someone that's older or someone that doesn't have family nearby and uh, not checking in on them, just call them up. Let's do something corny. Have the, have the kids, you have kids at home, have the kids read them a story. Or, better yet, let them read a story to your kids. Yes. Read some scripture to them. Tell the Easter story. Uh, you know what? Go back on a memory trail and say, here's what our family used to do at Easter. And allow them an opportunity to express that and think about it and talk about it. And just um, use that time to encourage them. Call them up. Read a story. Read scripture to them. 
and then allow them to express some things as well because it's lonely for them. And, and here's what I'd warn against that because many that are introverts, this is glory. Mm-hmm. And uh, wouldn't want us to start having habits that uh, we shouldn't have once mm-hmm. this is over and they become ingrained in us. So this will be a time for us to be attentive to not start habits that we're going to have a really hard time breaking when this is over and start new habits like this, encouraging others, especially the lonely ones, especially the single ones, especially the ones that need that extra encouragement. You know, go down to church list, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Start there. Go down with the senior saints, seasoned saints, ask Pastor Colton, ask Brother Davis or others that you you may not know mm-hmm. who are the ones that need that, and make a phone call. Do a social media invite. Good. Just chat with them and pray with them. You know, if, uh, if a single comes to your mind, would you take that as God's spirit prompting <laughs> you to reach out to them? Yep. And again, it can be as short as a text. It could be a phone call. Uh, but then ourselves to stay connected to what with what we're offering the services online mm-hmm. the past uh, the devotional by the pastor uh, again Tuesday Thursday and Saturday uh, the children's outreach the the teen outreach these I would, opportunities I would say look at the website in general uh, you know all those things but uh, you can look at the website you'll look at uh, an article section and you can go back and see lots of things written by many different uh, people from our church. There are testimonies, uh, some articles in there from other uh, church members and others uh, contributors. And it's just a, a wealth of content to be encouraged and strengthened. And it might inspire you to do something as well that would help out that way. And maybe a short uh, message to our missionaries. Uh, as well because many if not most of them are in some type of a lockdown as well so as we think about all of them okay <laughs> to be able to uh, to let them know we're thinking about them praying for them uh, DeLuca's and Camille Chu's as we think about that uh, Beth thankfully is home but uh, we've got our church planners there Brandon in, in North Carolina and Jake up in Alaska uh, and just to be able to be thinking how we can how we can minister minister th- to them Here's a question. What about those facing loss of job, uh, loss of income? Now, I know the government wants to come and, and be the rescuer, but they can't be. And so I, I, when I think about that, and it's, it's kind of a, uh, a crescendo effect, how it's, it hits one industry and then another and then another. And so week by week, uh, more of our church family are going to be facing that. And, and I, I just want to encourage everyone, go to Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so let's see God first. Now, God might do use different ways to provide, but but let's my first thought need to be God is going to provide for me. He's never failed me in the past. He's never going to fail me in the future. And so a a word about those facing uh, this loss of job uh, and a loss of income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like the verse you went to. I'd go to another one that many people call on in a time of decision-making, I think, but I think this is a time to call on it as well. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. Mm-hmm. What happens in all your ways when a time that you're at your wit's end and when you're thinking, okay, I'm lost here. How am I going to provide groceries? How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to keep the lights on? How am I going to keep this going? How am I going to take care of this? And what happens is when you sit those things, those thoughts in your mind, 
then the hope that God gives us, the comfort and the peace that say, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. In fact, that passage, is, as you had said earlier, that is very well reminder of how God will provide for us as we trust him. And he'll provide in ways that are just amazing that will come about. It's happened in our own lives, Peg, in our lives as we were uh, having the kids in the academy and working and thinking, okay, how are we going to make this? How's it going to happen? And God would provide. Mm-hmm. And I think that God wants to show himself to be very personal and very real and very able to take care of his children. And he will as we trust him. Now, there's going to be other ways that we can help people check things out and we can help encourage them. But the first way is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Mm-hmm. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. When I think about God providing, I, I think of the New Testament church uh, two particular times how God made that provision and so there in Pentecost 3,000 were saved and then 5,000 were saved and then multitudes and all around the Roman Empire they stayed in Jerusalem and uh, they didn't have a way to support themselves and so so on the other side those that didn't have a loss of job a loss of income they sold property and they brought it to the apostles and said distribute it and one of those guys Joseph who is surnamed Barnabas Mm -hmm. became Paul's partner on mission work but he rose to leadership because he said what's mine is God's and I want to give it to to uh, help those in need and then the second time that comes to my mind is later on famine hit Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and Paul said to these missionary church plants we got to take an offering we got to show these Jewish Christians that we love them. And so we have it referenced a couple of times in Philippians. We have it referenced in in 2 Corinthians 8. And they gave out of their abundance to help those in need. We heard this last week in staff meeting. One of our one of our single girls, uh, she said, God has provided for me. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just I just want to help others in need. And so she went out and bought a bunch of gift cards from the grocery store and said, hey, uh, who has a need? And, and then would you distribute these? So you have two sides here. You've got one side, those that are hurting. You have another side, people who want to help. And so as you connect with a pastor, you connect with an ABF leader, we want to be able to take those who want to give and want to help mm-hmm. and to provide for those who are saying, hey, I, I, need, uh, I, I, need, uh, I need physical help now or I need prayer for, for a job. Another question here, how can we renew our minds with all of the bad news bombarding us? And that bad news may just crescendo in this next week or two or three or four. Um, They've been predicting it. So how can we renew our minds with the bad news? And I I know, I felt this as well. Um, We, (laughs) I wasn't gonna tell this, well, I won't, Uh, but, uh, but uh, okay, I will. Uh, so what you got is is a pastor getting arrested for having church, mm-hmm. and so Thursday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, uh, I, uh, I had a dream, and I dreamed that I came to church and everybody was here. The parking lot was filled, and and I'm saying, you guys, you, you guys can't have church, and uh, they're, they're meeting outside. And uh, in my dream, I'm trying to say, you have to leave. I'm going to get arrested. I, I know I'm a police chaplain, but they're going to get me. And, and, and then you can't all leave at once. You've got to leave in small groups. And, and so I'm explaining this dream to Jody the next day. And she said, 
that's not a dream, that's a nightmare. A pastor telling people you can't come to church. <laughs> All right, so we're, with this news, we're being bombarded with it. And it's kind of like a tsunami, it's, it's overflowing us. What are we gonna do? I would say I reflect back on Job, who went through a terrific trial in his life. But you'll find in Job chapter 23, verse 11, where he says, I desired a word of God more than my necessary food. So I'd say the first thing we do is we feast on the word of God. We let that fill us. We let that consume us. We let that satisfy us. Let's be careful what comes in the eye gate and the ear gate, because that's what we're going to be thinking about. So we want to think about what we're going to meditate upon. We're going to meditate upon the Word of God and let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in His sight. O oh Lord, my strength Amen. and my Redeemer. And so when Job, in a great trial in his life, can make that statement, I desire the Word of God more than my necessary food. I think he puts things in perspective for us that we should be filling ourselves with God's Word first and let that be the thing that consumes us. Be what, go, what goes in us... Uh -huh is what's going to come out of us. And so now, as we fill ourselves, that'd be the first thing we feast on. When we're going to talk to someone on social or talk to someone on the phone or talk to someone in the neighborhood, then we want that Word of God coming out of us. Yes. We want that coming out of us and not some news show and not some thing we heard on the radio that's creating panic and we all of a sudden the discussion mm -hmm. is off on that. It can't satisfy. Mm -hmm. We're back on the Word of God that gives full satisfaction and gives hope. And you think about Job and his suffering. Yes. What is, what is our suffering oh compared to him? Oh but then from that feasting on the word of God, meditating on it, comes the, uh, he giveth a song in the night. And so that leads us into the Christian music. And so yeah. you've, you've got it, you've got it online. If you're in the car and you mm -hmm. don't have it with you, I think it was at 1370, 1390, has the traditional hymns. 1075 is yeah. one that's popular as yeah. well. A lot, of, a lot of Christian music, but mm -hmm. fill your mind with godly music. Turn off the news, yeah. turn on the music, and then the Christian fellowship. I, th I think, again, what Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be right. troubled, Amen. but you believe in God, believe yeah. also in me. And he's the one who said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. God, God can use a bad circumstance mm -hmm. for a good purpose in my life. And so my, my prayer is that when this is all over, there would be a purification of the hearts of the Christians, uh, but also that, that in America, uh, this book will be the number one book in America once again. Amen. It has been in the past, Amen. and may God use this trial to be able to bring that uh, again to us. Um, I'm not sure if I put the question on there, uh, but one last thought. Well, you're we'll going to that. I, I can give you another thing that's kind of fairly new to us during this time, and uh, it's for those that have Facebook. They do what they call a watch party. So you can invite your friends to watch the Easter services or to watch a Wednesday night service or to watch Good Friday service. Even watch the recording later, invite some family in to watch it, but then socially interact while they're watching. Say, hey. Well, well, let me ask you, how, what, what are the steps to create a watch party? What do you do? Well, just on the Facebook page, just go to watch party, start it, invite your okay. friends to it, say, hey, I'm going to be watching this service. You go on there. When you're on there, here, here's the social part. So they're not, I guess, adhering to, what, to the strict rule of social distancing because you're going to be socializing and you're going to be connecting and say, hey, what about that point? What about that passage? What about that comment? And they can interact through that and encourage. It's iron sharpening iron, so does the countenance of a friend sharpen one another as they're listening to a message. And someone that may not be saved, 
is engaged in this conversation now. They're going to do some binge watching, binge watch some sermons and things like that. It'd be a great thing to spend some time on. Excellent. Excellent. Last thought here uh, comes off of this morning, and that is how to beat cabin fever. <laughs> how to be able to beat cabin fever. And the answer is going to be, got to keep your focus on God. Uh, uh, some thoughts from Wayne Cooper. He had sent me this afternoon. He said, I can think of no other story in the entire Bible that provides such a precise timeline of events than Noah's flood. Uh, Genesis 7, Genesis 8, very specific dates. The, you heard that this morning in some of the text. He said, personally, I believe that this is God's subtle way of telling us that Noah counted off the days uh, while they were in the ark. He kept track in some way of their calendar. But this wasn't just to know what day it was. It was to track the faithfulness of God. Mm. And so every time there was an event, mm. Noah Mark the time frame. Uh, Genesis 7 4, yep. in seven days, God says, I'm sending rain. And then there's going to be 40 days of rain, and we mark these things. Mm. Uh, but then, even through that, when the rain stopped, and now it's like, when is this all going to end? Uh, well, uh, the ark rested on Ararat, and we have that date. The tops of the mountain were seen. We have that date. The window was open. The raven was sent out. We have that date. And then the dove, and then the dove again, and then the dove didn't come back. And then they removed the covering of the ark, and they they waited on God, and God told them to be able to, to lead the ark. So, so to help cabin fever is they focused on God's faithfulness in their world and in their lives, uh, marking every event that showed that God would keep his covenant with them. The news reports today, uh, they mark bad events, don't they? they do. I mean, this is how many are sick and this is how many are yeah. dying. And as Christians, we need to find God's hand of faithfulness in this. And I, uh, I remind myself of all the good things that God is doing. Yeah. And I'm more content and peaceful mm -hmm. even in this isolated state because, because, God is faithful. Yeah. And so maybe you can think of some ways that you can mark God's faithfulness in your life. Uh, this is the fourth week that we're having services online. I'm thankful we can do it. Uh, there are some that they're just cut off from their church. Uh, I'm thankful that, that uh, testing kits are now available and they can test uh, a point of contact and let them know God is faithful. Uh, it was so cool to see the Samaritan's Purse yes. hospital set up. God is faithful. Yeah. Uh, help arriving from outside our country. When was the last yeah. time other countries sent yeah. help to us? Right. I, I don't recall that. We're always the one giving yeah. uh, to see that happening. Yeah. God is faithful. Wow. Deaths down in New York, even though it's a day, yeah. uh, but that's good news. God is yeah. faithful. And I think on and on. So I want you to be thinking, how can I mark yeah. God's faithfulness? Uh, yeah. Combating combating this uh, cabin fever. I'd say what a great challenge to not miss this because there's going to be a day that you're going to look back and say, I, I survived Corona for many. But your grandchildren and other children. The coronials. Uh, uh, coronials. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They're not going to, they're not going to know anything about it. Yeah. And so you're journaling now and writing down what God's teaching you through this. And I, I heard you say it in the message this morning. We don't want to miss what God's trying to teach us through this. And to write that down, to journal it, to, to, uh, to mark it, as you said, Wayne, a challenge today, God's faithfulness, and to put that down, to reflect on it ourselves personally, but also to pass it on to others that might see it. And, and don't miss this moment 
that God's given us for ministry. It's a special time that he's entrusted to us. We are, uh, we are living a crisis of history. Yes, we are. And we're going to tell the story. And may we tell the story of, of God Amen. showing himself strong. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Amen. We're just going to close in prayer and have a great week and look for opportunities to take what you've been reminded of this morning and tonight mm -hmm. and to put it in practice. Because when you give and you are a blessing to others, you'll receive a blessing. Amen. May we pray. Father, again, thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that we do not have to fear we do not have to be dismayed because you are our God Amen. and you will always uh, meet the needs of your children. You mm -hmm. will show your glory through us. Mm -hmm. So God, help us to be counted among the faithful in the trial mm -hmm. that we would come forth as gold to shine the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ, to others. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.